Well, hey there. Welcome to episode two of The In-Between. We've now officially named our podcast. That's 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 a good moment. I actually wanted to name it um, Midweek Crisis or something like go. that because yep. of because of our uh, talking about um, Chris's uh, quote about having uh, midlife crises, 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 crises um, on a regular basis and as frequently as possible or something like that. Chris, what, what's the actual quote? I, now that we've I think got the way I say it normally is early and often, but it was, very, it was very fun to listen to you guys <laughs> guess at what it was that I was saying. I think you got the point, but... Uh, well, you know, yeah. we've we've heard you say things like that a lot, but yes. um, actually quoting you correctly, that I don't think Paul or I are ever going to get accused of that. So that's okay. That's Me fun. Either. Yep. So we got um, a fun uh, time in front of us uh, today, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about um, last week um, and finishing. We actually finished Daniel one. Yep. Um, I wasn't. Time. I wasn't <laughs> right. It only took three weeks. Um, I wasn't actually in the room for it, uh, which most of you weren't in the room, but I was supposed to be in the room. Um, and so I missed a lot of the sermon, um, having to go back and actually watch it as opposed to just being in the room for it uh, this time. But the, uh, the, the uniqueness um, that we're seeing in, in Daniel is, 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 is kind of a pattern that's, that's already evolving. And Paul was just talking about this a little bit. Paul, why don't you tell us about the kind of the pattern for for what we see um, inside of all of these chapters of Daniel. Yeah, I think one of the first things that's super helpful, um, always when you're taking a concept like a book of Scripture and just walking through the book, is you, you want to keep some questions at the forefront of your mind, um, because everything that you're going to be diving through ultimately is trying to do something, which is communicate an overall purpose. A lot of people call it the theme or the message of the book. Uh, and, and it is important to remember the theme and the message because within the theme and the message, then you see how all the components or the various parts uh, support that and, and push that message across. And so when doing that, one of the probably fundamental things or conversations that are that is helpful before to, to get to the main theme or message of a book is to to first look at its genre. Uh, and Chris has taught a lot on this yeah. over the time about genres and the importance of recognizing a genre uh, and reading appropriately to that genre. You want to touch on that? Yeah, that's the um, the analogy that, I don't know, came to me somehow years ago. I probably stole it from somebody, was that the idea of, of coming home and finding a love letter from my wife <clears throat> and it having, uh, you know, it says it says sandwich meat and and milk and eggs and garbage bags and you know obviously toilet paper uh these days obviously that's always on there um and then and me trying to trying to understand what she's saying about her love for me with with toilet paper toilet paper trash bags you know sandwich meat whatever i mean i think toilet paper would would communicate a lot of love right now (laughs) right now right now would wouldn't it and so the problem would be of course anybody would immediately say well that's i mean even a group of kids would immediately say well that's not a Love poem, that's your problem. Let's say uh, a grocery list, right? If I try to interpret a grocery list as a love poem, I'm, I'm not going to get the point. And mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, in fact, probably not go grocery shopping, which apparently she wants me to do. And instead of that, I'm going to be reading something that's just not there. I was raised, I think, with more of this simplistic understanding of the Bible as being the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a textbook. It's got a glossary at the end with bold, lead, bold words that are always defined exactly the same way. 
it wasn't until later that that my, I guess more confident professors and other teachers were able to help me understand like this is there's a lot of different genres of literature in this mm. compilation of books. It's not and just biblical literature. Yeah, there's no such thing as no the Bible as a form of literature. There are letters, there's poetry, there's epic narratives, there are biographies. It's I mean mm. it's all over the place and if you if you study one through the lens of the other, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And um, again, we could talk about that quite a bit, and I'm sure that through this podcast, people will be reminded of that over and over again. In fact, this is one of the toughest things, not to jump ahead, about Daniel is mm-hmm. which genre is it? And yeah. there's, I mean, lots of debate over how many are mixed in here, but mm. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. That is that is important. And so you were you were going through the list, one... You were going through a list of things that you see repeated, but so back to that. Yeah, so with this understanding of thinking about the book of Daniel as a genre, um, I, I tend to, to look more at it in a simplistic view as a historical narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people split it in half um, and want to call the first part just a, uh, the narrative and then the second part of the prophecy. Um, but I even think the prophecy is characterized, told in a narrative form. Not all okay. prophecy happens in a narrative form. And so that's true. Um, uh, so I, I think, yes, whether it's historical narrative in the first part of the things more immediate and historical narrative of prophecy of things to come in the future, I, th- I think what it ultimately still is, is a narrative, a, a bunch of stories all to be told for a purpose. And I think that purpose then uh, is clearly communicated. And this is what, I mean, Chris even did in his, so well, even in the very first sermon with the very first verses, um, the fir- within the first two verses, we get the overall theme of why these narratives are being told, because that's the point of a narrative. You, why do you tell stories? Well, you tell stories that support a point, are bringing about some, some purpose. Uh, and these narratives are coming all to talk about one purpose, and that is that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And this is when, when Chris was going through the history and talking about, even in the very first verse, when uh, all of these, you know, the, the captivity has now happened, uh, and Babylon now is coming into place, but it, it, you don't even get to verse 2 when mm-hmm. the orchestrator is mentioned in this, and 2 yep. starts with, God delivers uh, them. And so mm. uh, what we're seeing is we're seeing at a moment, we're seeing God uh, now being the one who's ultimately in control. It's not the Babylonians. It's not right. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, it's not all of... It's not um, anybody who it seems to be. Right. From yeah. the outside. From the looking outside in. Yeah, yeah. looking in. And so I think that that's what you get. And so when you get this, this idea, of, you start to ask this question, okay, so all of these stories now are being told to support this understanding of God as sovereign, um, it's really interesting because then we, we see this kind of threefold pattern uh, happening about uh, those who tend to get it right and respond to God as sovereign. Because as we saw in chapter one that Chris introduced, uh, there's uh, some characters that we are given, and seemingly these characters are the only ones that we're going to see who are always getting this right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. They're the ones who are not questioning whether God is sovereign or not. They're the ones who are acting on the truth that God is sovereign. So when right. everybody else is not acting that way or running around trying to figure it out on their own, uh, they're at least getting to the baseline of starting with that. And so um, one of the things of, of that is, I think, helpful for us to, to point out or to see is kind of the, okay, so if these are the three guys with this great spiritual perception, how can we glean that from them? What, what, it is, what are the factors that seem to be presented true from them? And one of the first ones we saw in chapter one was uh, about them separating themselves. Right. 
Right. And so when Chris, you were, you were mentioning about, um, how with just even the simple concepts of food, uh, they clearly were taking a step and acting aside from everything that was normal so that they could, for whatever reasons, because you mentioned, right. we don't know, we don't know, Zach, there's a lot of, okay, before we jump there, I want to go back to this conversation about <clears throat> which genre Daniel is. I don't know if you guys have read any of this. I'm, I'm going to assume that both of you date Daniel as being old, old, old. 600 mm-hmm. BC. Yes. Okay. Um, because one of the genres that some, even in Christian scholarship, say is that it's propaganda because they believe it was written yeah. more like 150 BC yeah. Yeah. and was written to essentially justify or encourage the Jewish people in their revolt against the Greeks and, and in standing up to the Greeks. And, and multiple times as we preach, I'm sure we will come to why, th- why some people say that and why all the three of us don't agree with that. Because mm-hmm. um, it ends up being kind of almost a comedy like, the, the, one of the reasons people say that Daniel couldn't be old is because of how accurate the prophecy accurate. would then be. Right. But then the problem with his with it being younger is how accurate the history would then be, which Daniel would then know things about, the writer of Daniel would know things about 600 B.C. that no one knew at 150 B.C. Mm-hmm. And so either way, you're, you're stuck with this supernatural knowledge that, that the writer of Daniel had. It's almost like... There's a supernatural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's a supernatural force behind. I, I had no idea. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. it's right there. It's, it's, especially if you skip, like Paul said, verse 2. Uh, I thought I'd read it since we're sitting here. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, his being Nebuchadnezzar, and with some of the vessels of the house of God. You kind of, here you have God being the actor. And we talked about how in a narrative, you're going to have a, protagonist and you're going to have antagonists and sub-antagonists and sub-protagonists and it's natural. I read Daniel as Daniel being the protagonist and in many ways he is. Daniel reads Daniel as uh-huh. God being the protagonist. Yeah. Which is which is really cool to me. That's and not cool necessarily way. as Nebuchadnezzar being the antagonist. Right. Yeah, it's not a clear Yeah. There's a disobedience. It's yeah. like a conceptual antagonist sure any any time you're not giving god the glory that he deserves antagonist yep now you're the antagonist and that's a cool but it's also i mean think about he wrote it we 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 accept daniel has written especially those the three of us who think it's old daniel wrote it which also makes it something of an autobiographical Mm -hmm. account Mm. Um, and as Paul said, you have this prophecy wrapped up in a narrative or or a narrative that includes prophecy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's kind of the I guess that's the Good same luck. either way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but that makes that's part of what makes studying Daniel hard mm-hmm. is that it's it's it is it is all of these kind of at once. It's not mm. like some of the some of the things we read we don't know how to read it. Is this this is the is this history? Is this narrative? Is this uh, you know the new mytho history t- conversations? Is it? But with Daniel, it's it's not one or the other of them. It's kind of all of these mix, mixed in. And it makes it an interesting challenge. So anyway, so back to that conversation, that that pattern that mm-hmm. as people are studying Daniel on their own, they can be watching for. Yeah. And I think what you first see is you see what Daniel's done already so far. And what we're actually going to see again when we get to, uh, to chapter three with his friends, yep. uh, you see people separate, the followers of God separating themselves according to God, according to his will. Right. Um, and in response, we tend to get... Um, 
a response where now God offers uh, them, the, those who've separated themselves, wisdom and opportunity to understand his will. Um, this is actually what we'll be considering and getting to see this this Sunday. Mm. We kind of ended with the small taste of it. We right, ended right. with uh, where at least the king recognized them 10 times smarter than all the others. And they, we already see that they're that they're getting promoted, that they're getting some influence because of, of their wisdom that um, that they're acquiring from God. Which has the potential to see God in the way that he's Daniel sees him, but is still just seeing men, right? You're talking about the fact they give Daniel credit? Yes, yeah. they give mm-hmm. Daniel credit instead of God. And then you're going to take us in two into a different realm. Yeah, and, and in essence, now we're going to see the story continue. Because if you're, again, trying to uh, bolster the theme of God as sovereign, then you probably are going to start telling some stories where you got to be an, a figure in this, where yep. because you separated yourself, now God's giving you this opportunity mm. to understand his will, and you're going to tell some stories about how you then impacted other people with that. And that's what we're going to run, run into with this chapter, um, where Nebuchadnezzar has his dream, uh, and now the opportunity for Daniel to stand up and be the the proclaimer with the wisdom that God has given him is gonna is gonna come come to pass. Yeah, the um, and what's interesting inside of that is it's it's very like if if you just take it last week and then you hear this week, like you 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 lose some of the nuance involved with that. Um, in that it's it's obvious that if Daniel had not been um, faithful with a small thing of not eating what he he felt like was going to defile him, he would not be getting this opportunity. And that's that's going to happen over and over and over and over again inside of Daniel, as it did in John. Um, and one of the kind of points of this uh, podcast that we're doing is to to kind of help us make those uh, those points more clear moving from one Sunday to the next Sunday um, because we don't have time in the limited amount of time we have on a Sunday morning to, to make sure everybody's up on what we talked about last week before right. we go into the next week. Especially in a narrative, right? right? Especially because, in a narrative. You know, it's, if, you, if you've ever done this, you've read with your kids, read a book out loud to your kids, and you end a chapter and then something happens and it's a week before you start the next chapter. Well, mm. it's, I mean, you're going to lose that, right? Yes. I mean, and so the, the, the tone, the theme, it's why a lot of times when we're teaching through a narrative, you want to read it kind of cover to cover at some point, beginning mm-hmm. to ending, the way it's often, the way we actually read some of these types of things sometimes, or in such a way to hold on to them. But man, we're, that's exactly part of the problem. And then add to that, so even when I was teaching this through a theology class that I teach, like, it was two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to really hold those themes together better, and then it was a week and then two more hours, and it was done in six or eight weeks, versus, I mean, we may be doing this for 50 weeks, at 35 minutes at a pop, that can be, that can over some real challenges. In fact, this week, um, Paul, you were trying to decide between ending at 16 or 30. Yeah. And we ended up landing on 16, mostly mm-hmm. just really in some ways to, to, to take the time so that we don't rush through this. Right. But, but man, teaching all the way through the end of this little mini story would make it easier on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Because that, that is, that's one of the considerations that Scripture, especially when, when you're reading narratives in Scripture, when you're just taking a point out of the narrative and want to mm-hmm. focus in on there, there are, some, there are some benefits to doing that, of course. You're going to be able to, to emphasize some things that can 
easily be glossed over um, for especially a lot of times if, if for people who are really familiar with the overall story, you right. know, breaking it down mm -hmm. makes them be like, oh, well, because I was already familiar with it, I skipped ahead in my mind to the, you know, grand reveal or whatever. Right. And I missed out on all this lead up. You know, there, there really is some benefits to taking smaller chunks. But at the same time, there's some risks when you take smaller chunks. Definitely like risk. Um, and that's one of the ones we were talking about is because if, if we just took a smaller section of this you know, narrative that really encompasses all of chapter two pretty, pretty well. Yeah. That's why mm -hmm. this book, this chapter has its place in here. Um, the story plays all in there. And if we just took the first part of it and really wanted to dive down in it without then keeping in mind the whole actual story, right. it, it could be perceived of like, well, now we're going to spend, you know, too long on the car emphasizing part of a conversation that's not actually true in the whole book, you know, or the whole chapter as it's all played out. And so right. you don't want to miss, you know, pull things out and, and file them in a filing cabinet or put them under an umbrella that isn't the umbrella of the whole narrative. Right, right. And it can be really dangerous now when you're going into it, when you're starting this way, because we're going to be starting on some concepts that need to be continued now over yep. a couple weeks of time. And so that's why when John and I were talking uh, just even right before this, uh, for for the congregation, even through this time, probably the most helpful thing to do would be even now after stop listening to us and listen to something more helpful, which is just read all of chapter two. You know? right. So even if we're just going to cover the first you know sixteen verses, if you know, well, I'm in, I'm we're in chapter two still. Well, what should I read to help prepare my mind or prepare my heart for worship? Well, I'll probably just read the whole narrative as right. as it stands, and you're going right. to be able to then now take what we when we take those smaller glimpses and file those things rightly under the bigger picture, the bigger story, the one that you're already familiar with. And heck, if you've like, if you've got some extra time on your hands, you know, because you're sitting at home right, um, and, and not going out, um, then read all of Daniel. Yeah. Read, go back and read one and then read into two and then, and then keep reading. Yeah. Um, I listened to all of Hebrews, uh, this morning because I had an hour, um, of sitting in my bed trying not to be dizzy and, I don't know the last time that I read all the way through Hebrews, um, but getting to listen to it, um, it's actually this a cool app called Dwell. Have you all messed with Dwell yet? I don't I know Dwell. Okay, so Matt Chandler um, made a plug for Dwell at some point in some thing that I heard him talking about, you know, the many things that Matt Chandler is talking <laughs> in. Um, but he, he talked about uh, listening to uh, Scripture and just trying to be immersed in it because a lot of times when I'm driving in my car, I'm, I'm listening to music um and and listening to maybe next sunday's set list and stuff like that just trying to get that in my head well also one of the things that i can be listening to that is really good is uh the scripture and dwell actually has um, a bunch of different voices that have read through um uh, different parts of scripture and, and a whole lot of it if not all of it um but it's an app i think you do have to pay for it but it's well worth the price um and i i have this uh uh east african dude, the, the, his name on the app is Felix. Um, and he's, he's reading through Hebrews to me and I, I, it's pretty incredible. So you didn't just like find a Jewish. No. Okay. No, that would that be seems cool. Like that would be cooler. But. <laughs> well, sure. But this is what I got. And yeah. Felix is amazing. That's so cool. I have a, I have a love for East Africans now that I didn't used to have. Um, of course you do. Right. Yeah. After Kenya. Um, yeah, I still, I, when I listen to it, I'm listening to it still on you Bible. U version. U version. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And the ESV has a pretty good guy's, oh, man. guy's voice there. Absolutely. And, and I actually do that. I mean, for Daniel, while I'm teaching mm -hmm. through Daniel, I 
most days I listen to at least the chapter we're on from beginning to ending every day, and then I I even try to do the chapter before and the chapter after, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't always get to all that, but I find that I mean, I, and it does string it together. Before I speak, I'll be like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I had not noticed this and this connection. And it's something that's so easily seen for for us that we're the people that are that are putting together the services. Like, of course, this is something that you would want to do, but right. I. I see this as, as Im- so important now um, to to tell everyone else, like this is this is something that we're all supposed to be doing. Absolutely. As we're studying through scripture, as we're trying to understand it, because I, I mean, I would tell you that if, if we ever said something um, on a Sunday morning that wasn't uh, in line with what, you know, is actually being said in Daniel, it would be a travesty if mm-hmm. no one came up to us and said <laughs> hey actually yeah. i think probably this is different and this is why i think it's different um which is is kind of fun because laurie's been uh studying daniel um leading up to us doing daniel um and so every once in a while um when i'm thinking about songs or i'm like what do you think about this one she's like well but it doesn't seem like this or um whatever and she's she's just a phenomenal uh reference point for me to make sure that i'm not getting too uh too mixed up in the feelings of a song or a set list or anything like that because i can do that although paul you're mentioning that last song this last week that we were worried john wasn't going to make it back to the stage for oh yeah when we when not even sure of how we were going to do the benediction or not yeah uh that we (laughs) really even if if i was getting called up and john couldn't get back up i mean we were just going to read read through the lyrics of turn your eyes upon Jesus. Man, that's a, that's a good, that's a good one. That's yeah. an old one. I'm really glad Candace was up there to play for me because I was, yeah. everything was uh, starting to swim again pretty hard. And um, anybody who's had vertigo knows that like, if you look at words on a page, um, they, they tend to not be in a straight line um, during that time. Cause your eyes are moving all over the place. And the idea that I was going to have to look at the chords over the words from a distance to be able to make it through that song. I was just really grateful for the whole band this week, um, getting us through that. Yep. They always do a 1918, job. originally released as The Heavenly Vision. The Heavenly Vision. Mm-hmm. Wait, in 1918? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the year of the Spanish flu mm-hmm. pandemic. I didn't know that. So There may be some research there that needs to happen. Absolutely. But also, really cool. that's, that's what the Holy Spirit does yep. on a pretty regular basis. So. And we might even, what we were talking about a second ago, you know, we've done this in the past, and we did it through John regularly, actually, where we would teach through a few verses at a time, and then one of us would then teach, kind of the sec, go back and teach the mm-hmm. same section, either yeah. before or after. So we may need to make sure we're looking at that as we're going through Daniel as well. Are Absolutely, we, we can. going to miss that? So it's a good, that's a good reminder. This has been a, a pretty great time of discussion. Um, I hate to cut it off because there's there's still so much that we can talk through but we'll we're have to gonna, do it next week we're gonna have to do it next week exactly. i guess and and the week after that and the week after that but it'll be fun um, we're glad y'all are, are joining us on this um journey through daniel right now we uh pray that god would keep you safe and he would bless you and keep you in this time um we love you and we will see you again next week